I uh, it's just a it's a battle. I'll be I'll be frank. You know, fitting it in with uh, day job demands. I wish you'd be a Frank. Like Anne? No. As it came, I was going to talk about just a lovely little hot dog sausage. We could cook them all up. Oh. But as a Frank came out of my mouth, I was like, this is going to get dark. So <laughs> so I need to abandon this line completely now. And go with a ballpark Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you mean you don't wish you were an Oscar Mayer wiener? Who, me? I don't touch the stuff. It's all uh, mystery meat. It's, a, it's too mysterious. I've never eaten one. Yeah, well, that's what makes it so alluring. It's the mystery. Yeah, that's... what on earth could be in that weenie weenie? <laughs> I don't want to know. I've never, I, I barely even eat a sausage when I see how it's made, let alone a complete question mark of a meat Frank, a pink meat Frank. No. Pink meat Frank. That's a superhero if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> it's a no-no is what it is to me. But yes, it could be also a superhero. It's true. Stand back, citizens. It's me. Pink meat Frank. <laughs> <laughs> is he a werepig? Is he a werehog? No, no. I was, I, I was laid off at the factory and things ain't been going well for me. So I... Uh, I put on a pig mask and squeal at strangers. Some of them take pity on me and, and pass me five dollars, but but mostly I I hang around outside the supermarché, diving in the dumpsters for old Oscar Mayer weenies. <laughs> That's pig meat Frank. Yeah. Pink pink meat Frank. So. They'll call me up to ask me to be in the Avengers any day of the fucking week. Any fucking day now. Then my wife will look at me again. You won't call the police and say, get out of my garden, Frank. Stop asking for sausages. <laughs> there are no sausages for you tonight. There never were. Wow. It's, it's, uh, it's dark. It's, it's a sad, it's, sad story of pig meat, Frank. It sounds a little like um, Joker, the new superhero movie. It's about exactly a... like the Joker. I think... I think that bloke who can't be funny anymore because someone got upset that he's racist um, can't do that. Can't he? he he's, he's attached to direct pig big Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. Is it pink meat or pig meat? I'm, I I don't even know. I made it up. No, pink meat. Pink meat Pete is his sidekick. Oh, pink meat. Pink meat Pete is his sidekick. Pink meat Pete. <laughs> He's comatose. What? I turn up at the hospital and I I sing him songs with a wind-up piano. Wow. Some call it a music box. I call it a piano. He's just uh, winding up a music box, but calls it a piano for for prestige. James Gunn's going to direct the film of Pig Meat Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Me just winding up a music box at my own speed. That way I feel like a musician. As I turn the key and make Sugar Plum Fairy go at any speed I want. For Pink Meat Pete. For Pink Meat Pete. 
Yeah. I told the nurse I was a relative. I've never met him. But he was a victim of the accident I caused, so in a way I feel kind of beholden. Oh, shit, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. I was never there. I was behind no wheel. I was on no road. No alcohol was in me. The only thing I was full of was Oscar Myweenies. Trying to get myself a sponsorship deal. (laughs) Everything he says... It sounds like he thinks it's really good. Like he's declaring it. It's going to go over really well. The, the judge will not find him guilty because he's a nun in me. No, not today. As though, oh, well, he, he says it like it's true. So it must be. Everything's coming up, pig meat, Frank. That's good. The day I discovered that the operative word in public restroom was public, they couldn't kick me out. They couldn't? I mean, they did. (laughs) But I keep coming back! (laughs) Score another one for pink pink meat Frank. (laughs) Another one. No, pig meat. Another one. Score another one. It's itchy under my pig mask, but that's only because of the ticks. It's the ticks problem, not mine. Everything's coming up, Pig Meat Frank. What do you reckon on that, huh? It's the year of Pig Meat Frank officially started now. It's going to be his year. I mean, people are looking for something a little bit different in their comic book superhero films. And I think the fact that Pig Meat Frank doesn't have a comic book is already a breath of fresh air. (laughs) That's a disruptor. That that is a market. It's like Bitcoin. It's like the blockchain (laughs) Jonathan, it's like the blockchain. Pig, pink, pink, pig meat. Frank is—he's uh, the new blockchain. He's the new Segway. Yeah. Created by the creator of the internet, created the Segway. Al Gore created the Segway. Wait, hang on. The creator of the internet created the Segway. Well, what did people do to move from one conversation to another prior to that? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what the hell, listeners? <laughs> How is this podcast still deeply unpopular when we have groundbreaking jokes like that? Yeah. No other podcast has ever made any joke involving the word segway. No, they don't even bring up segways. Either the the transitory language tool or the car. Is it a car? They're kind of car. I call them cars. (laughs) I call them cars that I'm allowed to drive. That's true. You do not require a license to pilot a Segway. How do they? How do they work? They run on uh, steam or the magnets. What is it that makes it go? It's a little electric motor, I think. Oh, just electricity. How? Huh? That's not that innovative. No, 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 no. I've se- I've I've seen a cross section of a Segway. There's a cat in there. <laughs> Basically, you stand on the Segway. There's a little pedal. And then when you push the pedal, a knitting needle goes up a cat's ass and makes it run. Wow. You know, I think I had read somewhere that it, one of the earliest ideas was built around addressing the stray cat problem in urban areas. So huh. that would explain a lot. Does it feed? Does the cat get to eat in there? How does it, how does it live? No, but, uh, you know, <laughs> wow. that's how you manage a stray cat problem, isn't it? That there would be less cats in the end. Yeah, I mean... Do batteries last forever when you put them in a TV remote, Jonathan? No, you got to buy new batteries. <laughs> There's a lot of cats that we've got to get rid of. Wow. 
What about just, uh, you know, giving them their own island or just treating them well? We tried Cat Island. It didn't go over well. I I didn't know that. I shouldn't be that surprised, but I am a little. They declared war on Dog Island. Wow. Yeah. Who won? Did it war? Is it still going? Oh, no, no. no. Dog Island won. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay was stranded on it, and he formed a sort of coalition government with the dogs. And his tactical know-how, because everyone knows to be a a 15 Michelin star award-winning chef, you've got to have at least some basic grasp of military tactics and stratagems, which he employed in the field and won three naval combats, utterly destroying the feline armada. Wow, they had boats? The dogs and the cats? Yeah, they're made out of leaves and twigs. Very industrious. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay was there. Basically, I mean, if, if you're a dog on an island full of dogs, you've got to take up a trade, because being a dog's already taken. It's true. And they, they, they fight. There's infighting. There's sex. Oh, God, it was like Game of fucking Thrones on that <laughs> island. <laughs> I bet. A lot of humping. There we should are. talk about Game of Thrones more often, because I think it's only going from strength to strength. Sure, Game of Thrones is hot right now. Yeah, we want to keep up the cultural zeitgeist of this show. <laughs> well, I, I had a bad idea. You had a bad idea? You've never had a bad idea in your life, Jonathan. No. That is, we both know you can't be meaning Everything that. coming out of your mouth is raw, solid gold. Cha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> not, not true, Edward G. Robinson. Or W.C. Fields, I'm not Here's sure Here's to you, Edward G. Robinson. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's a cultural reference right there. Yeah. That's it's... on the, the finger on the pulse of something. It's what keeps us on the bleeding edge of pop culture. What's your bad idea, my old friend? Well, I don't want to make it sound like I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I think someone should do it. I think okay, someone could get it. rich, but I don't... Good. You're, you're already halfway there. So, uh, I don't know what to call it, though. At first, I was thinking Dumple Stillskin. Then I was thinking Donald Dump or Donald Dump Dump. Uh, dump. Uh, Dick Dumper. Dump, dump, dump. You know, it's something in the that dump. Right. In the dump. Is this is this me doing a dump on a dog's head? Cause, no. Because we've done that idea already. That's true. No. And I, while I think it's an incredible idea, no. that's best left in your hands it's and not. on your dog's head. So it, it it's the, the dump on the dog's head is a bad idea, but it at least does come from a, it's a curveball you don't see that coming why would he do that you're left wondering it's a real yeah. mystery it's a people love that question mark they don't like it to be too obvious but my idea might be too obvious i'm afraid um well, already just before we get into it i'm yes. very excited to hear it uh, i just want to point out for the listeners who have been hearing um when jonathan said you're halfway there um at least 50 percent of the listeners expected me to then belt out some Bon Jovi, and I didn't. And I just want them to know that I'm going to leave that hanging. Wow. See, uh-huh. that's the mystery I mean. People love right? a good will he, won't he, what's, what is this all about? Like Bruce Willis in Die Hard. <laughs> you got to keep the audience guessing. You can't, you know, cave into every expectation or eventually they'll have nothing to look forward to. Mm. Right, but I am doing that kind of. We're not pandering sellouts, Jonathan. That's true. we got to keep this show deeply unpopular. That's what gives it its cult appeal. <laughs> you, you, They said the same thing about um, 
Twin Peaks. What's your idea? Oh, my idea. Dun- so Dumple Stillskin will we'll yeah. go with. I like that. So it's um, it's a college tour. It's like a public speaking tour where a guy just gets on stage and says whatever he feels like saying. Like, uh, you know, Bill Cosby did nothing wrong. And um, wow. Norm MacDonald is genius. This and so is, is Adam Carolla. I just want to hear them joke. You know, just like angri- angrily, sort of. Basically sticking up for free speech. Yes, exactly. That's what they call it now. When you, when you want to defend bad things happening, you call it stick it up for free speech. It's an American tradition. Right. So you're, you're, you're pointing out how on the nose I already am because the whole premise has just been explained. And yet I have more words about it. Oh, I mean, keep going. So obviously... As he's talking, fecal matter comes down the leg. He's wearing a fancy suit. Obviously. Yeah, Obviously, but it's, it's yes. poo- he's pooping his pants the whole time that he's screaming about, you know, I can't believe anybody thinks women are smart. You know, just mm. letting him in. The man show deserves an Emmy today. And he's shitting his pants <laughs> as he's doing it. And of course, you know. It smells. It's offensive. Oh, really bad, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you thought I came here to defend you? No. I came to offend you. Offensive. Really proud of himself. I like how this person is becoming more and more like Grover from Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe maybe that's <laughs> the twist. Should wear a, he should wear a big, like, fluffy head. Of Grover. Well, he might just slowly morph using uh, Michael Jackson's black or white video technology into Grover, <laughs> wearing a suit, shitting his pants, too. And it's got to be technology from that era to build. <laughs> Only, yeah. A little, yep. little mushy, little, little, see some pixel flaws. So then, you know, he doesn't get hired because it's terrible. Yeah. But he claims it's only because... Uh, free speech and all that stuff. And then, then he becomes hot with the kids who want someone who can also feel like they are not liked by people. Because it's very popular to be unpopular, like you've been saying. If people say, man, I hate that new Netflix special, then other people say, well, then I like that special. Oh, yeah, this show wouldn't work if anyone liked it. <laughs> no. No, this is uh, exclusively a hate-listen exercise. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you enjoy it, there's something deeply wrong with you. Listen to what we've talked about already, right? I've spent, like, close to ten minutes talking about someone called Big Meat Frank. And then Jonathan has described, with no subtlety whatsoever... No, it's just completely on the nose. ...what happens in pop culture... With added fecal excretions. Yeah, to, to, and then he's mad. He's like, hey, come on, co- come on, colleges, let me speak. You're afraid of the truth? Just, uh... And more and more dump is coming out of him. Yeah, he's just covered in... Um, it's like up to his... Uh, not quite the knees, but like up yeah. to the ankles, and just in not, his own. He don't change his suit. It's a smart suit. He don't change it. <laughs> it's a smart... And he's sucking down spam and... Um, you know, laxatives, sucking down uh, a lot of coffee. Old beef. Yeah, old beef, hot coffee with beef in it. Yeah, chunks yeah, of coffee chunk- beef. <laughs> you know, you know how it is. Because uh, he's got to keep producing. 
Like he he's yeah. uh his metabolism's got to run through it fast. Well, speaking of producing, yes, I think you would do very well attached as producer of this show of of Dumbled Still Skin. I don't. Well, I don't want anything to do with it. I just had the idea. I couldn't help it. It just came to me. Well, that's the prob- That's the main issue. That's the only issue I've got with it. I think the whole idea is solid gold. I mean, aren't you sure it's not just a very? It's a thirty second maybe joke yeah but this is america you can turn a 30 second joke into an eight episode one hour tv show i could see like if you were watching another show and it cut over to somebody watching Dumplestilskin for a second that would be like oh that was a, a clever show in a show haha <laughs> yeah they got We've just got to get four million people to do that four million different people every week for eight weeks and we've got a second season of Dumplestilskin, there's a second. Yeah, yeah. The the prankster, the merry prankster who poops and and goes to goes to college. And we'll we'll introduce his cousin Dumpelina in season two. Oh, what's what's the difference there? What's None. New? No difference. <laughs> it's just more. Twice the dumping. Twice the dumping. Twice the fun. Now the only issue I've got is this. This is a great idea that you. Do not want your name and face attached oh, to no, it. Oh, no, I'm ashamed And I of it want your bit. name and face attached to everything in the country and beyond. Wow, that's true. And this idea, as, as wondrous as it is, doesn't raise your profile, doesn't raise your game, doesn't make Boston's favourite son famous again, which is generally... I mean, we're almost 20 minutes in, and we've given Pig Meat Frank a platform. <laughs> we've given Dumple Stiltskin a platform... When does Johnny get his share? I don't want a platform. I'm fine. It's great without one. Well, why don't you become the director of an aquarium? (laughs) Where do I start? I know people who've spent lifetimes hoping to someday use their marine biology expertise, their PhDs, their special certificates to to have the... No, you don't need any of that. I don't? I could go out tomorrow. I could go to PetSmart right now, in fact. I could just throw my headphones off, kick my microphone across the room, go over to PetSmart and get some fish. I don't even have to tell them what I'm going to do with it. Are you going to put that bag of fish in a tank? Yeah, yeah, mate, sure. Well, they don't know is I'm going to put that bag of goldfish on a remote control car and ride it up and down the street. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> to no end. <laughs> And and then you call it an aquarium? What do you call that when you do that? I call it the beginnings of an aquarium. It's the beginnings? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll need some more fish. What about an aquarium? We'll also need a location. We need a location for our aquarium, Jonathan. I was thinking somewhere in Boston. Oh, Boston, Mass? Massachusetts? Boston, Mass, Massachusetts, as the cool kids call it, yeah. Uh, your house. Oh no, I don't I don't would have be the... good for an aquarium. That would make a fantastic location for an aquarium. Haven't I always said, Conrad, that I think his house has a real aquarium atmosphere to it. It does, it does. It feels like fish should live in it. You've never you don't know. You don't know about it. Do you know about it? Have you been in there? My house? I mean, not at the same time you've been in there, but I have been in there. I didn't know that, and I am almost unsettled. You know, I've got I've got pets. I've got two cats, a dog. I know they uh, know me very well. And I only have two bedrooms. It's small. I feed them. Not rich. I feed them Twix ice creams when you're not there. 
They love it. They call me Uncle Twix. My cat and dog do. Your cat, your cats and your dog say, so, "Oh, here comes Uncle Jonathan's out. I hope Uncle Twix comes round with some Twix so, ice creams for us." They can talk. Well, they don't talk to you. Yeah. No. Oh. Animals talk. That's that's in the documentary. Look who's talking now. That's true. The third film in the documentary series, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the the series that taught us that all babies sound like Bruce Willis. It is Bruce Willis, isn't it? It is. He's like, there's a, there's breasts in the movie, you know, covered because it's PG. Yeah, they're not exposed for our pleasure. Selfish film. He's like, oh, I want to eat them. Ah, like a lot of Bruce Willis talking about oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, breasts. <laughs> ah, lactation <laughs> is a, oh, yummy for me as a baby, probably. Two sequels. Oh, they, like I said, this is America. You can take one idea and get a lot of mileage out of it, even if you can't actually get any mileage out of it. None. Zero mileage. You can at take first. that empty car and you can just push it down the street, whether people like it or not. What even is the plot of that movie? There's like a baby and he's like. That's the plot. There's like a baby <laughs> and he's like. I think that the 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 mom and another guy are gonna fall in love, and the baby has opinions about it, and then it just ends. Uh, she has some sleazy guy that she works with. I think that's like trying to get in her pants. I can't remember. Is it Bill Pullman? Is Bill Pullman involved in that? I think basically the plot of Look Who's Talking is some little child sits back having no agency or positive impact on the world, comments on other people who have actual lives and things to do while sneering at it and acting superior. Wow. And that is a YouTube career in the making. I was just going to say, it's YouTube the movie. (laughs) I think everyone listening was waiting for that penny to drop. I was too. I I was looking forward to it. Jonathan. Yes. Why aren't you the director of an (laughs) award-winning aquarium? I tell you why. Why? Your house ain't wet enough yet, which is why Conrad and I have acquired, through perfectly ethical means, some high-powered riot hoses. <laughs> and the best thing about those is we don't even need to jimmy the lock on your door anymore. The hose not only creates an aquarium atmosphere in your house, it gets us in there in the first place. Into my house? What? Oh, yeah. Mm. You Oh, you're going to hose your way in. Well, where else are we going to put the aquarium i'm gonna do what i always do and hose my way in yes <laughs> you don't have to we're oh, gonna make yes. everything so so wet for you no yeah <laughs> that's where i live that's my my clothes are there my, my nintendo switch my collection oh, of nintendo switch <laughs> that's not good i've got a t i've got a tv i've got a <laughs> I've got a cable box i don't want to get a wet get wet box yeah, once once we're in you know, we'll need to build a, a a glass perimeter on the interior of the first floor. And then we'll you know be able to get the hoses up to the second floor and just fill the first floor entirely. I don't have – I have one floor. Yeah. I, I don't know how to make a fish tank. So what we've done before we blast the riot hoses is I've put a load of empty glass Coke bottles all over the floor of your house. And we're just going to blast them with the riot hose. And I think – 
what will happen is we'll blow the glass bottles so hard they'll stick to the walls. Oh, okay, yeah. Creating a big tank. Yeah, yeah. I like the <laughs> way you think, a, sir. <laughs> How is that a tank? That's not a t- a tank. A tank uh, contains water. This this is something that is contained by water. It's blasted. Do you want me to? I see you're uh, you're a bit unconvinced a bit. by the idea of Conrad and I blasting high-powered riot hoses in your house with all of your possessions in it and you in it as well. You don't think that the 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 force of those bottles are just going to shatter and put broken glass all over this flooded area, do you? I hope not. I no. Allow me to assuage your concerns, right? While Conrad and I are blasting these hoses, we are both also going na 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 because I think we're gonna feel like some right Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's gonna feel awesome, isn't it, Conrad? It's gonna be so cool. We can say things like "Don't cross the streams," and it is streams of water. Sounds like round of applause. Round of applause for the lovely Ghostbusters in your house. Coming, we look at you and we go, "Oh, there's Slimer." Dirty, dirty, and we'll spray you with those. I think this is the fifth time you've done some sort of Ghostbusters. There's always ghosts on this show. It's a ghost show, really. Dirty Slimer. Clean him up. (laughs) So anyway, we've gotten the place nice and murky. Nice and oceanic for to make a good atmosphere. Um, also, I've got a whole bunch of merman figures from Masters of the Universe, and I'm going to drape those around. What? Because he's because he's a fish. Yep. Right. <laughs> it's not the same. I've got merman from Masters of the Universe. I've got a couple of Street Sharks toys, and uh... <laughs> so they'll do. That's it. I couldn't think of a third thing. You tried to push something else out. You took all the time <laughs> to go, uh, and then just decided, nope. It was I mean, just, we've all been there, right? Yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, to try to push a poop, I'm doing a lot of poops, and then just have nothing come out. Just I a nothing. fart. Just an air. Just I a whiff. The, I mean, waft. if it's any consolation, one of the Street Sharks toys is Moby Lick. I think people will be made up with that when they see that. They go, oh, look, that's brilliant. The, that's real, Moby Having Lake. 30 Merman figures in here is a little overkill, but the one Moby Lick offsets them. There's really a, a street shark named Moby Lick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toy, that's the third one. <laughs> just, a, just a regular Raphael or Donatello? Yeah. We're going to invite families to the Boston's Best Aquarium. Oh, yeah. It's the best? Oh, yeah, yeah, fight. Five bucks a ticket. I mean, it's great value, if nothing else. I'm just trying to think. Now I'm on a, a tangent um, of my own. How come there was no fish Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, guys? There was Bebop and Rocksteady, a, a warthog and a rhino. There was uh, Slash. There was the Triceratons, were they called? Or the Triceratons. Fugitoid. Baxter Stockman's. Baxter Stockman's, there was the Rat King, who was not a Rat King. He, he wasn't was a Rat a... King. He wasn't even a, he wasn't a rat and he wasn't a king. He was <laughs> a true. liar. He was a rat liar. <laughs> sort of a mummy, Here's right? the thing, though, Jonathan. I think after we're done with this idea, yeah. Warner Brothers, or whoever fucking owns them, will be knocking on our door because we've got a great idea for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
fish-themed monster. We do? Oh, yeah. I mean, the families have come in. They're super excited. They know that it is an aquarium because it's really wet in there. And there are bags of goldfish on remote control cars just skittering about on the floor. <laughs> so this, I, I, I just assumed there was going to be a, an aquarium part. But it's just a wet house. Yeah, it, there's water and there's glass and also seaweed, which we've draped all over the place. And we kind of, we fling them in the family's faces as they walk through the blasted open door. It's a... Uh... I mean, it's a wet torture house. It's a, it's a house of pain. It's like house of pain, except it's wet. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I come out. Still going? I thought you were... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I come out wearing goggles and a couple of wet scarves in my hands, and I go, I am an octopus. I am an octopus. Look at me. Look at me! And I'll just start, like, whipping at him with the scarves. Just, These are tentacles, definitely! Look at me! That definitely makes it, like, okay, so this guy knows that he's got to convince us. He's aware on some level that this isn't convincing. But the other stuff makes it seem like you actually think it's it's good. So you're really off balance. Like, is this just a, a delusional man, a guy who's using mushrooms or LSD and he's out of his mind? Or is he, is he thinking that he's, he's got something here? Is this all a scheme? It's hard to tell. Conrad. Well, I don't know. You tell me. When your cute little dog comes wandering out of the back wearing a vest that has a whole bunch of nails sticking into it, screaming, I'm an urchin, I'm an urchin. I love the wow. little sea urchin. My dog is, because my dog can talk, that was yeah, established. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the no, we've been over really. this. Yeah. If it's a little bit stage shy, I'll, I'll hang a little cassette record around its neck, just going, I am an urchin, I am an urchin. Definitely. <laughs> So definitely that throws you right off. I'm Conrad, so... <laughs> what hunter sea creature would you like to be? I think I'd like to be a starfish. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. Strap a knife to your head and get you holding two more. <laughs> yeah. And just run at the kids just going, starfish. I, sounds, that sounds just delightful. <laughs> Maybe I could get some tape, uh, wow. like an extra knife taped to each of my boots. Yes. That sounds very unsafe. Sounds... Sounds like, I mean, who's not going to get hurt? Huh? Everyone's hurt, I think. No. Aren't you all hurt? I mean, it seems like you are hurt and then whoever else is there will be hurt. I'm, I'm not hurt. I'm just, just holding some knives. Huh? <laughs> I think they're going to be super excited. They've been whipped up with wet scarves and run at with knives. Oh, yeah. They've seen a real life, a famous four-legged sea urchin. And under their feet, they've got to constantly make sure they don't trip up on RC cars filled with goldfish. And there's broken bottles and, and it's just very slippery. It's very wet in there. And seaweed. Tell me where else you can have such an aquatic experience for just $5. Yeah. Just the ocean? Just anywhere where there's water? Also, Jonathan, try and answer this and stay fashionable, Mr. Clever Clogs. Dr. Bollocks on the Bakerloo line. You tell me this, right? What other aquarium in Boston has a mermaid? Like a real mermaid? Like a real person that's b bottom is fish? Yeah, because Conrad and I will then bow for the audience once we've done screaming at them. 
screaming at them, yelling, admit we're fish, admit we're fish. Don't one of you ever say the word fucking mollusk, we are fish. Once we get them all to admit that we are fish, we then bow for the audience and expect them to clap. And then we say, you have seen an urchin. You have seen street sharks and an octopus and a starfish and an urchin a bit, right? Now it is time for the main event. It is time, as we promised, for Boston's very first real-life actual mermaid, definitely. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. That's when Conrad and I sing the mermaid song and we go (laughs) while we wheel you out Jonathan me oh yeah definitely because you Jonathan will be somewhat nude (laughs) somewhat nude with clamshells over your nipples Right, we've 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 popped them on with a glue gun. Oh, um, some pearls and seaweed all over your head, just like matted seaweed tangled up, draping over your head. Right, you've got a sleeping bag on, and to give it that authentic mermaid look, we have stuffed that <laughs> we've stuffed that sleeping bag full of fish, and we've gotten you to slide into it. And lie on a skateboard while we wheel you out going, ha, 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 ha. Wait, I'm in a what full of fish? A sleeping bag. Yeah. So it's not shaped like a fish's tail and, and, and bottom. It's full of fish. It's, it's, it's shaped like a sleeping bag because it's a sleeping bag. It's like 40 fish tails in there. Yeah, there's a lot of fish tails in there. And bones. But only I know that, and I'm the one feeling that in there. I'm the one in there. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We've had you marinating in that sleeping bag for a while. They'll know there's fish in there. Because they smell it? They, 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 I'm like, because <laughs> I smell like a fish, I'm a fish. Well, I mean, you know, considering the place is full of seaweed and fish bones anyway, we want to make sure that when they see you, they... Es- Especially remark on how fishy it is. So we've worked overtime on this. Really getting that sleeping bag. If not looking, certainly feeling like a mermaid's tail. No one's it's people have seen them, but they've never felt them. So they don't if you went for the looks instead of the feel, you might get some recognition going, but no one's gonna be like, Yep, feels right. Well that's where we have the advantage. <laughs> Because no one, no one knows. Exactly. No one has. No any. one, no one knows. And anyway, we we hand body oils out to the the patrons, and they can come and rub you down. What? And we Why invite would... them all to join in. You go, oh, and I'm brandishing my scarves, and I'm like, sing, sing, sing for your supper. While they oil you, going, ha, 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 ha. I'll be standing there holding the bowl of oil, and they'll dip their hands in and then run them up and down your body. Yeah. Wow. No. I mean. While you, while you lie back, you, you roll your eyes back and go, ha, 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 ha. Under the sea, under the sea, you're oiling me. It's very twee. Under the sea. So I started off uh, semen, semen sensual and intimate, but then just acted like it's totally normal Disney f- fair. 
to, yeah. for, to be rubbed by those guys and gals. I'm not an underwater hag. I've got dead fish in a sleeping bag. I'm under the sea. Under the sea. Put oil on me. Why? What? <laughs> to make you nice and slippery. But they don't. I mean, they need. You know what mermaids need. They need water. They they need to breathe underwater, but they don't need oil. They don't they need do. to be oiled. This is the mermaid, everyone. <laughs> why would it? Why would they need the oil? They just need to go away. So that they can push you around on the floor more easily. <laughs> so I slide better. Yeah, when, when we give them brooms and we get them to, to push you around on the floor. So I'm limp as uh, I'm just completely boneless. I'm just flopping around. Yeah. And they just got to <laughs> scoot me. Like shuffle, sh- some sort of like curling or shuffleboard. Yeah, or like we, we split the patrons in half. Half of them will, will essentially curl with you on the floor with bush brooms. And the others will throw popcorn shrimp at you. <laughs> Is it a competition to see who can... Who can pelt the mermaids the most. <laughs> and the other guys are, and gals are trying to get me away from the shrimp. They're like de- pushing me away from shrimp. No, there are two competitions. Who can broom the mermaid the best and who can pelt the mermaid the most? They're not in competition. They are just really enjoying brooming you and pelting you around the, the wet apartment. So the competitions aren't competing. They're simultaneous. Yeah. It's a- asymmetrical gameplay. Yeah, it's like one provides and enhances the challenge to the other in a symbiotic way, but they're not, like, directly competing. Yeah, and I'll walk out, right? We'll have costume changed. Uh, And I'll walk out with a triton going, I am Poseidon, king of the deaths. Whoever impresseth me the most with their pelting and their brooming gets to leave. (laughs) That's the... (laughs) So you've created an aquarium where the prize is to be able to get out of it. Oh, yeah. Like, otherwise, you don't get to leave, is what's implied there. You, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trapped. Because Crabby Conrad, with his claws <laughs> and his shell, will be guarding the entrance, and anyone who loses gets to stay with us in our underwater kingdom forever. You know, it's weird. I don't think you've read this comic book, but Frank Miller, author... Of the Dark Knight Returns and uh, Batman Year One, he's writing a Superman Year One now, kind of. And in the second issue, Superman joins the army but gets bored, so he goes underwater and discovers Atlantis. And uh, what's the king of Atlantis again? You just said his name, Neptune. Poseidon. Poseidon, thank you. Poseidon is there, and he's like, "You fucking Superman." I'm gonna fuck you up. He's really, he's really <laughs> mad at him. That sounds and, like Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Poseidon's daughter is like, all I want is to fuck Superman. Superman's like, hey, guilty as charged. And they <laughs> it just goes on like that until Poseidon like great. gets eaten by a whale, I think. And it's implied he that he's like, he wants his daughter to also be his wife. And then Superman just is like, this guy's weird. And then he leaves. And then it's just over. It's like That's a whole, it. it's it like ends, 90 yeah. issues like that. Yeah, it's really, I mean, great. 90 pages. It's really, it's not like other things. It's all, almost <laughs> like this. No. And that's about it. Oh, Jonathan. Sorry to derail a little bit, but just came to mind. That comic book. 
Jonathan, if you were a king, yeah. Um, what would you do that is funny? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, just come up with some content for the podcast. Right, right now, this is content <laughs> time. Yeah. I'm on stage. Yeah. It's thousands of people. You know, it's weird. Yeah, you don't have to be a king. Um, just if you were to do something funny for the podcast, what would you do? Right. Uh, I would um, probably come out and be like, hey, why don't you be like me? And then just turn into jelly. Mm. Just like, just to turn into like grape jelly, just a blob. People would be like, ah, (laughs) he's jelly now. They'd be amazed. They'd be amused. And and, um, they'd call it comic genius. They'd be like, man, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Jonathan Holmes, the jelly guy. Jonathan Holmes, the jelly guy. How does he do those jokes where he's jelly? What was your favorite Masters of the Universe character? Oh, uh, I mean, Ram Man is who I related with the most because his body was shaped wrong. I relate to his name. Ram Man too, yeah. But he's the only one who didn't follow that mold. It's like everybody, it's like a brotherhood of bodybuilders who all, even though they're all different on the surface, it's clear that they're all connected in terms of their DNA, except for Ram Man. He's just legs that are trapped together and arms that swivel in a completely useless way. Like you can't punch. He had a completely different toy because yeah. all of the other toys, good guys or bad guys, yeah, all had the same mold. Yeah, you said mold. Exactly. Is what the, was... the right word. Yeah. That's right. Cause... Yeah. Except Ram Man. He's the, yeah. the one and only. Um, and, and Tila and the sorceress and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the, 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 the women had different body molds. For the most part, yeah. For the most so. part. And then, so. yeah, Evil they lid. just coloured it different. Like Skeletor and He-Man, exact same bodies. <laughs> one was coloured blue and one was coloured tanned. And then I think there was Faker, but then there was also another... There's like a Faker Faker. Like Faker is the bizarro He-Man. Yeah, yeah, looked exactly like him but was blue, which was a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> Calling him Faker was itself a bit of a fake-out. Yeah, I've invented a new bad guy called Faker. <laughs> oh, who's he trying to be, Skeletor? He looks exactly like He-Man. Oh, yeah, but he... He, he also looks exactly like you. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> but look at this one. He's a bit like a crab. Why? I don't... I don't know. Clawful, you're talking about? I'm talking about Clawful. And I, I called him that when I looked at him and I said, he's fucking awful. And he said, what? And I said, I said, your name is Clawful. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> I'm considerate. But he is the fucking worst. Clawful. You know, I think it's really just that Skeletor has an incredibly strict HR department. Oh, so if you got caught treating your employees that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, lose a lawsuit. There's a lot. Aren't there more bad guys and good guys in that? Like it's a big department. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Skeletor was churning them out a lot, right? There was no quality control. That's why they were all stupid. You watch the cartoon. <laughs> none of them. Are, none of them are smart. There's um man e faces. Yeah, he's got many faces. 
Look at this one, Beast Man. It is Man E Faces. Yeah, what's his fucking gimmick? <laughs> Guess. No, that, that was being sarcastic. Fucking asshole. It's not that many faces either, it's just three. There's a robot, there's a green monster. This one's a bit like a spider. Yeah, what's his name? It's. Uh, Spider! <laughs> oh, fuck! Wasn't there, wasn't there one that was uh, just. He had snakes for arms? Or like a snake. Am I remembering that right? Was it like Snake or. There was one called Lord Hiss. Hiss. There was somebody named Hiss. Yeah, he, he was a bit snake like. <laughs> I was on the ball when I came up with that one! It, it was a very successful uh, line of toys. I was, I was deeply into it. I was getting as many of those guys as I could. As I don't youth. know if you could guess, but my favorite was Merman. Yeah, you've brought him up before. I love I love Merman because he talked like this. He went. <laughs> Even though he was not underwater, he always sounded like he was. Yeah. He used, to, he used to shake his fist at E-Man and call him a cuck. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. And and what what do you think? I've, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but so He-Man and Prince Adam look exactly the same. Like, it's not like a Clark Kent Superman thing where their hair is slightly different and he's wearing glasses. They're just exactly the same guy. Like the face, the hair. The only difference is um, He-Man's tan, and he doesn't wear any clothes other than a loincloth and a, a big X with sort of an iron cross, like kind of a German iron cross in the middle. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a... You look at him, he's a Nazi <laughs> Superman. <laughs> and it's almost in the name. It's like He-Man yeah. is very close to Ubermensch or whatever. Um, but then Prince Adam has just got... He's less tan, and he wears pink and white. And yeah. that's supposed to make him seem, like, less tough or something? Like, they try to draw the contrast, like, Prince Adam. The weakling Prince Adam, that's what they call him, yeah. Yeah, but he's huge. He's so strong, and he looks exactly like He-Man. Here's how he got away with it. How'd he get away with it? Because he'd be like, look at me, man-at-arms. I'm He-Man. I'm not Prince Adam, definitely. And then man-at-arms looks at him and says... Yeah, well, you look exactly like Prince Adam. Yeah? Does Prince Adam have a big fuck-off tiger? <laughs> no, actually. He's got a little shit cat. Well, there you fucking go! It's a very strong point. Because he didn't change, but he really overcompensated with Battle Cat. Yeah, Battle Cat goes through a gigantic... I mean, it's it's weird obvious that they it's the only green tiger with orange stripes in the entire world as i recall there's no other tiger like that so you might figure it out because there's prince adam has one and then he-man has one so there's connection well and, and prince adam has that very comfortable blouse <laughs> i i think it's i think he forced it through sheer audacity hmm He's like, if I tried to disguise myself, that would call attention to it. But if I just straight rolled up with a bit of a tan and just went, suck nerds, I'm He-Man. 
they might buy it. Or at the very least, they'll be so bewildered and so scared that I've lost it, but also could kick their ass if they called me out on it. They'll just let me roll with this. So they're too afraid in a way. And, and... Yeah, I mean, ultimately... He had no need to have a secret identity, so they were just like, let him fucking have this. E- even Skeletor was like, I think he's ill. Does everyone know? I bet everyone knows. Everyone knows. But everyone at Grayskull knows. Everyone on Snake Mountain knows. It's not like, uh, sorry to get so in the weeds on this, but I, I do find it fascinating. Clark Kent is trying to hide from the criminals. You know, he can have his life... And all of Superman's villains don't go after Clark Kent because, like, who cares, you know? But after, when they find out where Superman lives, they go after him. Yeah. Prince Adam is constantly getting attacked by Skeletor anyway because he's, like, the prince. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Like, he's not protecting anyone because Skeletor is constantly trying to fuck with the king and queen anyway. <laughs> so as He-Man, he's just like, here I am. He-Man! <laughs> Why? Why even the secret identity? You shit where you live anyway. Well, and he knows where the, the power is derived from, so it's not like he's fooling Skeletor. Yeah, the whole thing is just very, it's out in the open. Nobody, Nobody's really hiding anything yeah, other it's, than... It's an open secret and they just let him have it. Yeah, it's bizarre. Because he'll kick their ass if they call him out on it. You look he exactly than... like Prince Adam. Yeah? Watch yourself. I look exactly like who? No one. Yeah. Because why, why would you call him out? What would you get for it? There's no no profit to be had by figuring out the secret. You just get punched by He-Man because he's mad at you. Yeah, um, so I'm applying for the job of evil sorceress. And, uh, my, my name is Evelyn. Evelyn! <laughs> no, my name is Evelyn. Evelyn! Perfect! Your resume checks out! Welcome aboard! Oh, for fuck's sake. Why did she... Was she just like a beard? Like, what What did she... Because Skeletor is like an incredibly powerful uh, magician. And she also is a little. And will do some magic. But, like, I think... I recently found out that um, <clears throat> Bill Lugosi's Dracula... They were really worried people were going to think that Dracula was bisexual because he bites Renfield early in the movie. And they were constantly thinking about stuff like that. You know, any time between the 1940s and 80s, we're like, does this guy look too gay? Okay, we got to cut the scene where a gay thing might be seen. Or we got to add a woman, like a sexy woman, who's near the other guy a lot to make him not seem gay. They're really afraid of seeming gay back then. Here's the thing. Yeah? Here's the thing. Despite being openly queer myself, and therefore not being a fan of homophobia, I would still somehow be delighted if I learned that the creators of He-Man were worried that people might think Skeletor is bisexual. And that was their concern. Yeah. We've got to come up with Evil Lynn. They might think Skeletor's bi. (laughs) Because he's not, as I recall, Skeletor is not sexual at all. He doesn't even have lips. He doesn't kiss anybody. There's no... But Evelyn is always there to kind of imply like, well, they're sort of a couple at least. And also He-Man, um, he's got Tila sort of as a as a beard of sorts. But their interest in each other, He-Man and Skeletor, is really... 
there's something going on there. I would I would love a Romeo and Juliet story <laughs> set on Eternia, but with the roles played by the others, played by Skeletor and He-Man. And Hordak is like the Capulets and King Rantor is the, the other ones. The Montagues. Montagues. Oh, yeah. That was it, yeah. Because they're they're not at conflict for any reason that I remember. Hordak is just like, get him! And Skeletor's like, will do, but there's, there, you know, Skeletor's got all he needs. It's not like they're they're fighting over precious resources. It's not like the Middle East or anything. Yeah. So well, there's got to be some reason they're focused on each Skeletor other. Skeletor wants to get into the secrets of Castle Grayskull. But he doesn't need to, right? Like He doesn't, he doesn't even know what's in there, <laughs> but that's what makes it so interesting. <laughs> That's the plot. All these years, I didn't realize it. Yeah, basically, if you if you actually go back and watch it, you find out in the first episode that there's an avenged sevenfold concert going on in Castle Grayskull, and Skeletor don't have a ticket, and all he's trying to do is like peek in and, and watch. And he's got a skull face. Tell me, I can't get VIP access to Avenged Sevenfold. Well, I'll avenge them sevenfold. Yeah. He's got a skull face. He lives in the Snake Mountain. Yeah. The 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 bird lady lives in the Skull Castle. Yep. Never added up. A lot doesn't add up there. Still figuring it out. A lot. Yeah. To be honest, T Man seems a bit of a flimsy premise, doesn't it? <laughs> On reflection. Masters of the universe. They never leave that planet that I know of. No, that just masters of that planet. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Masters of the universe. <laughs> Mastered nothing and they liked it. It does sound big, though. It's got a big sound to it. New Adventures of He-Man had a very underrated Skeletor. Oh, was he like part robot or something? Uh, I think in, late, in a latest episode he got all cyborg But he had eyes and a completely different, almost Tim Curry personality. Hmm. Whoa. And there's a great clip of Skeletor. Like, if he wasn't called Skeletor, he'd have gone down in history as one of the best villains ever instead of being completely overshadowed by the one everyone thinks of. There's a great scene where he's, like, talking about how he can do anything he wants and is just, like, tells one of his guards to not breathe anymore. And he's like, I could tell you not to breathe if I want. (laughs) Stop breathing! (laughs) And he just makes the guard, like, choke himself. Wow. This is the one He-Man had like short hair. There was there was futuristic stuff in it. Is that right? They actually did master a bit of the universe in that one because there was like all space and a different planet. Right. They actually left. Right. There's space and stuff. And it wasn't called Masters of the Universe. It was called the New Adventures of He-Man. So the <laughs> the one season where they did start mastering the universe wasn't called Masters of the Universe. It had the new name in it, which is, I mean, if you care about longevity, you never putting new in your name because it's not going to be new in like a year it's the old i hope our listeners are in their mid-30s to 40s because otherwise this whole podcast has been complete <laughs> bollocks at this point i've loved it this has been some of the best this has been some of the most riveting conversation i've had in years it's been great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's gonna change everything. This is the episode. It's gonna we're gonna track the the listens. This is gonna catapult us up. We've there. got our plateauing. We've got a little up, and all of a sudden, it's gonna be like two million listens on this one. Game changer. <laughs>
And we haven't even talked about Scareglow yet. No, what's that? I don't know what that is. The evil ghost of Skeletor. What? One of the rarest He-Man figures. They sell for like $400 now. Scareglow? Scareglow, the evil ghost of Skeletor. Um, it was a glow-in-the-dark one. It was, You know, it, they all ended up with gimmicks. You know, Moss Man was, like, covered in this furry stuff, and Stinkor was a skunk one that <laughs> was mixed in with plastic that made it smell. Um, and and Scareglow just glowed in the dark, and he was a skeleton with a purple cape. And for, it's super rare now, and... The label called him Evil Ghost of Skeletor, and people couldn't work out, is it, a, is it a ghost that belongs to Skeletor? Or is it, for some reason, Skeletor's ghost? Because Skeletor, he's already dead, sort of. Like, he's already a skeleton, so maybe he could... What, what, what business does he have being a ghost? Well, I mean, I'm glad you asked. When you die, you've got... There's two ways to be undead. I've thought about this for a while. You probably have too. There's like the physical undead, which is the skeletons and the zombies. And then there's the, the ethereal, uh, ethereal undead, which is the ghosts. It's like your spirit. So the mind, uh, it's like the, the, the body and, and soul divide. So Skeletor is just a skeleton. His soul had to go somewhere. Maybe that's his ghost too. You know? Well, it, it, Turned out it wasn't Skeletor's ghost. I mean, it's a good effort on your part, Jonathan. Um, but no, he was just an evil ghost who happened to be of Skeletor, like of his rank. Like owned by him? Yeah. But it was him. It looked um, exactly like him, though. They re-released the figure like in more recent years, and they've put even and they've put the word in italics so that there's as if they're really annoyed that we got this wrong. It now <laughs> it now says evil ghost serving Skeletor, and they've italicized serving as if to say, right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it was was he ever in the show? Scareglow? No, no, Stinkor wasn't really. Uh, no, no, these were all like later figures where they were just coming up with any old shit. Ah, huh. I, I just... Stinkor did make it into the two, I think it was like 2002, they did another, like a reboot He-Man thing. Oh. I never really watched it, but I saw some clips of Skeletor and he actually seemed really badass and funny in it. Oh, right. They, they, they showed his origin story in that, right? With um, yeah. his face melting off and stuff. Yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, name like Keldor or something. I watched all That's that. Right. He tried to throw acid in, in the king's face, and he went, Ah, oh, no, that's on mine. I've, I've made a terrible mistake. And he loved it, though. He was like, oh, this is brilliant. i got a skeleton head. Yeah, he used magic then yeah. to just preserve his, uh, his life, even though his face was gone. His eyes were gone. Wow. It's yeah. really... Stinkor was in it. Scareglow wasn't. That's a shame. But I think his whole idea of his power was, like, the more he glowed, the more scared you got. <laughs> so it's good that he had that name. <laughs> yeah, scare glow. It's uh Yeah. It's connected. So if you've just joined us, you're listening to the He-Man <laughs> fancast or the He-Man cast <laughs> as we call it here. Podcasters of the Universe. Yeah. There's there's a great name. I bet someone's taken that. Not anymore. We got it. It's ours now. That's yeah, they can't right take. All right, then should we sync sync ourselves up? Yeah. Uh 3 <laughs> 2 1 Sink. Sink. Oof, good thing we got that in before we went too far.
Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. Ha ha ha!